You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We take your calls and answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road. And having said that, this is Destination Health tonight. We're going to take your calls and answer your questions about everything health-related. And we're continuing on with our special. Uh, We may or may not get to calls. We're doing an entire series of programs on the NTP process. NTP is Nutritional Therapy Practitioner. This is all based on the Weston A. Price Foundation and it is the program that I've been working through for the last year, very beneficial. So that's what tonight is all about. And again, we may or may not get to calls. Joining me is my co-host, Kim Cockerham. Kim, welcome back. Hi, so glad to be here, Kevin. Great to have you here. You know, every week I say, we'll probably get to a call or two, and then we go right through the whole hour, and we Good don't. So but I, I, this is... You know, it, this is really good information. We're, we're doing the entire series in order. I think it's a great foundation for people to learn this stuff. And eventually, uh, we'll probably build this into an audio book where somebody will have one place they can go listen to it all. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. So today, we're going to continue on. This is great. I think um, I'm really excited about the prospect of an audio book with this because um, such great information. Yeah, so let's, let's recap real quick. We're starting part three tonight, uh, which is going to be all about digestion. Part one was what the NTP program is all about. Based on the Weston A. Price Foundation, the idea being that we could solve most of our health-related issues simply by eating a properly prepared, nutrient-dense, whole food diet. Now, what does that mean? Properly prepared. There are some foods that our body really doesn't digest well in their natural state. Um, The biggest one being grains. There are ways to prepare grains that that will help our body digest them, soaking, sprouting, all this stuff. Honestly, for me, when I look at it, it's just not worth it. For me, it was easier just to eliminate grains. I don't need to eat them. I haven't eaten them in over a year, and I feel amazing. And the longer I go, uh, the less I miss them. And I could really say now I just don't miss them at all. It's just not even a big deal for me anymore. Um, Another group is beans. Uh, Beans have a lot of nutrition. They're just our body doesn't digest them very well. You know, we we all know the jokes about beans, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, and, and we make a joke out of it. We think it's funny. Yeah. But here's what I've here's what I've learned. There is nothing we eat that should cause gas and bloating. Mm-hmm. If it does, it means something has gone wrong with the digestive process. So that alone should be a clue. If there's a food you eat 
and you get gassy and bloated and you don't feel good, well, stop eating it. Um, I love beans, but I've pretty much eliminated them from my diet. I, I might eat little bits here and there if they're part of a meal, a bite or two. But even that, I, I can tell that I've eaten them. So the longer I go, the less I eat of those as well. Um, other foods, vegetables, um, we should get a good mix of raw, lightly cooked, and fermented. You know, there are a lot of nutrients in vegetables, and each one of those ways of preparation will give us access to different things. If they're raw, we get more of the enzymes that are available. Um, if they're lightly cooked, we get the, the, some of the minerals are released better so that we can absorb them. And if they're fermented, we get access to a lot of the vitamins in them and fermenting creates probiotics. So that's an example of, you know, a properly prepared whole food. Vegetables are whole food. They don't have a, an ingredient list. And then to make them taste good, we should put all kinds of good fats on them, like butter and coconut oil and olive oil and things like that. So it's pretty simple. We, we can fix most of our health problems by eating that way. Real food, um, you know, you and I have kind of our favorite saying here, let, let food be thy medicine and let mm-hmm. medicine be thy food. And that's really what this whole program is all about. Yeah, it is. And it's basic. It's that simple. It really is. Yeah. So, we, you know, there's a lot of detail, a lot of things we can get into, but one of the things I always want to bring everybody back to is this is easy. We don't have to have and we shouldn't have diseases like diabetes and high blood pressure and high cholesterol and heart disease and arthritis and Crohn's and irritable bowel, and we could go on and on and on. Those diseases should not exist. And if we eat properly, they won't. That's the interesting thing about this. And then part two, we talked about the NTP process. What happens if you choose to work with an NTP? The steps they go through, the functional evaluation, the recommendations, those kind of things. That was part two. Part three is what we're going to talk about today, which is digestion. And this is what what we call in the NTP program one of the foundations. And it is the most important foundation. And if we think about it, it just makes sense. If if food is our medicine, and if all we need to be healthy is good quality whole food, the next step in that process would be we have to be able to digest it. And we have a lot of digestive problems caused primarily by two things. One, our diet. The, the food we eat, I just talked about it. It's, it's not prepared right. It's food we shouldn't be eating anyway. It's non-food. You know, we put stuff in our mouth that really isn't food at all. We put franken food in our mouth. And then we wonder why we have digestion problems. So we need to tackle those early on in the process. And it's almost like a catch-22 in the beginning. You need good digestion to extract the nutrients, the vitamins, the minerals, the fats, the proteins from the food we eat, and we need those nutrients to create a healthy digestive process. So if you've screwed up your digestive system like virtually all of us have, in the beginning, it requires more work. It might require some supplementation early on to kind of get our digestive system back in order 
so that it can pull out the nutrients we need and then we can be healthy. Doesn't that make so much sense? We eat the right food, we get our body to digest it, and then we shouldn't have any of these problems that we all face. It makes so much sense, and it's interesting because, um, and I think just in the year that you have uh, started with wheat, bell, and grain bane, we just never thought of this before. We really, really took this for granted, and it seems to be the basis of a lot of our problems. It, it, you know, there, we could go in so many directions on this. Um, one of the things I was thinking about this morning as I was making notes, one of the things that grains tend to cause um, is a, a situation called leaky gut. And it, I think it's a lot more prominent than people believe. I think we all have some of it. Some people have it really bad. Celiac disease is another uh, real problem with wheat and grains and gluten. The problem is we've we've latched onto this word of gluten when technically that's not even right. It's not the gluten. It's what's called gliadin, and and that's a part of gluten. They're proteins, and our body doesn't recognize them as food. It it sees them as a foreign invader, and that's why we get all the autoimmune diseases. But without getting too deep into that leaky gut, here, here's, let me ask you a question. Think about, and I don't mean now because you're eating really healthy now too. Think about times in your life where you just didn't think about food. You ate whatever was available. If you were on the road, you stopped in a convenience store, you grabbed whatever they had. There's no food in those places. Um, we just ate whatever. Think about those things and then think about all the ingredients that are in them, stuff we can't even pronounce, things we don't know what it is. How many of us would be willing to blend that stuff up, put it in a syringe, mm -hmm. and inject it into our veins? Right, right. That's pretty scary, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's, that's exactly what happens with leaky gut. See, our whole digestive system from top to bottom is designed primarily to keep out things that should not be in our body. And even real food has things that we don't want in our bloodstream. We need to eat it, but our digestive system is designed to separate out the nutrients and send those to our bloodstream and take everything else and eliminate it. That's, that's the job of our digestive system. When we come back, I'm going to talk about what leaky gut is, and then we'll go through a step-by-step -step process of what digestion is, what kind of things can go wrong in digestion, and how to fix them. So stick around for that. We'll be right back after this break. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. We're talking about digestion. This is part three of our NTP special. So, Kim, one of the things I'm going to do is I'm not going to worry too much about getting right down to all the technical little details and terms. I'm going to try to do what I think I do best is take something complicated with a lot of those crazy terms and ideas and, and bring it down to things people understand. So when we talk about um, our digestive system, it's a barrier between what we put in our mouth and the rest of our body. And there are cells in our intestinal system that work kind of like security guards at the presidential inauguration. Um, Very, very tight security. If you want to get through that intestinal lining, you have to have the right credentials. You have to be nutrients that are allowed to get past. You can't be um, foreign proteins, antibodies, all kinds of weird things um, that might try to get through, but it's, it's that job of the intestinal lining to stop that from happening. And it's really good security when it works well. Everything gets through that is supposed to. Nothing gets through that shouldn't. When we eat the wrong foods and we have the wrong diet, and we have stress and all kinds of other factors, that security starts to fall apart. And all kinds of things that we eat that should never get into our bloodstream do. Foreign proteins and and things that our body sees then because now they're in the bloodstream and they're not supposed to be there, and it ramps up our immune system to attack these things, kill them, eliminate them, The problem is when that happens over and over and over and over the way it does with our diet and lifestyle, that our immune system is so amped up that it starts attacking other parts of our body. It's just overwhelmed and just continues to attack everything. It attacks joints, and that could be uh, arthritis. It attacks uh, our skin. It could be eczema and psoriasis and all kinds of other things. It attacks our digestive system, and we get Crohn's and IBD and just on and on and on. Any autoimmune disease, and there's lots of them. Um, Autism has been linked to a lot of these things, mental conditions. So we really want to make sure that we get our digestive system in order, and it comes down to the same things eating a good whole food diet, um, avoiding foods we shouldn't be eating, and stress, which is a a little bit of what we'll talk about. So I I think we've done a pretty good job of setting up where we're going with this. Um, Now what I want to talk about is the digestive process itself. And I want to make it pretty simple, but honestly, of all the things we've had to study and know and learn so far, This is one of the most complicated. I'm going to try to make it simple. Here's the way digestion works. This is the easiest way to remember it. It is a north to south process. So when you look at your body, digestion always works from north to south. So one of the questions I'd like to ask people is, digestion is north to south. What do you think the first step? Where where does digestion start in our body? I can cheat because you told me the answer. 
but I love this answer. It's in our mind. It's in our mind, and I think we bypass it. It is. See, I even got this wrong. I thought I knew. I, I was like, oh, yeah, I know. I, I thought it was in our mouth. You know, we people think mm-hmm. of stomach first many times, and I thought, oh, I'm smarter than that. It starts in our mouth. No, you have to keep going north. It starts in our brain. And this is scientifically documented. This isn't hocus pocus or anything. Our body has basically two separate nervous systems. One is called our sympathetic nervous system and one is called our parasympathetic nervous system. And let's talk about the sympathetic nervous system first. This is the one that that gets referred to a lot in the fight or flight process. When we are in immediate danger or we perceive that we're in that danger, our sympathetic nervous system kicks in and its sole purpose is to keep us alive at all costs. So this is, we have to think back to prior to civilization, this is you're walking along the path and it's a nice sunny day and you're calm and you're relaxed and you're listening to the birds and all of a sudden a saber-toothed tiger jumps out into the path three feet in front of you. We all know what would happen to our body. We know the feelings that would happen, but I don't think we understand what's happening. Our sympathetic nervous system immediately jumps in and releases all kinds of chemicals. Adrenaline, uh, which could also, uh, there's lots of different terms for it, but it's that adrenaline rush. And what those chemicals do is they shut down everything in the body. They shut down every system that isn't essential for life at that moment so that every bit of energy, thought, everything is focused on one thing. I need to either fight or run, and I need every bit of energy focused on that. Well, if you just ate a big meal at that point, how important to your life is it that you digest it right now? Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It's not important it at all. all. Goes, right. It can wait. There are a few more important things that have to happen right now. So digestion shuts off completely. At that point, all the processes of digestion are just shut down because we need that energy. We need the blood flow. We need everything focused on surviving. That makes total sense. The problem is in our world today, we are surrounded by things that we perceive as being that way. We are constantly flooding our body with those fight or flight chemicals, traffic, um, a, a, an argument with somebody, deadlines at work. Uh, just we, we could go on and on and on. Our body perceives those things as stress. So guess what happens to digestion? it gets shut off constantly because we're in this sympathetic mode of fight or flight constantly. Um, Eating meals on the run, grabbing something and jumping in your truck and and eating it on on the run or even running into the restaurant, being in a hurry, thinking about all kinds of other things. All of those processes are not good for digestion. On the other hand, our parasympathetic nervous system is what we can think of the calm, relaxed, you know, not a care in the world. We, we are just feeling good, and that's when our body can do what it's supposed to do. That's when digestion works. So the very first step in digestion 
is to stop, relax, take a deep breath, slow down, clear your mind. Um, you know, I, I, it's interesting to me now when I look at the, the act of saying grace. And a lot of religions have kind of a, a different model around this, but it's pretty common. That act of, of slowing down, closing your eyes, maybe holding hands if you're with your family and in a group, and, and saying a few words of thanks, being grateful, that act takes you out of that sympathetic state and starts to activate the parasympathetic state. It, it, it's not an accident that, that groups and religions and, and as people, we've developed those rituals. There was a purpose behind them. Because even before civilization, if you were out hunting and gathering and building and worrying about, you know, some other tribe that was, you needed to get out of that mode and into the parasympathetic state before you ate. And we knew that. And that's why we created those rituals. We've moved away from them, though. And very, very few people do them or the people that do them kind of rush through them and don't really understand what they're for. You know, just saying grace or having something like that doesn't work if while it's happening, you're still thinking about deadlines and problems and all those other things. There's a point to it, and it's to slow down, relax, be grateful for the food that you do have, and be mindful of the fact that you're eating and digestion is a really energy-intense process, and we need to give our body that advantage. Doesn't that all make sense? It absolutely does. And it's, it's a gift back to ourselves, too, you know, to say this time is for me, and I'm going to take it. Absolutely. Breathe. You know, maybe do, uh, you know, four or five good, deep cleansing breaths. Um, that deep breathing kind of activates the parasympathetic system. Plus, we all breathe too shallow all day long anyway, so some good deep breathing helps get oxygen in, into our body. That's a good thing. So that's step number one. Before I go on, I, I want to make a, an analogy here so that we understand the digestive process. We actually call it the digestive cascade. One step has to set up the next and, and so on and so forth. Imagine if we had an assembly line to build trucks. Now imagine that. I'm going to compare digestion to building trucks. wonder where that's going. I love it. You're going to have to wait till the, till the other side of the break to find out where that's going, but that's what we're going to talk about right after this. So stick around. We'll be right back with more stuff. Kevin Rothenberg. Welcome back. 
Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. We're doing our NTP series. We're on part three, digestion, and I was about to compare digestion to building a truck. So imagine this, Kim. Let's say the first step in building a truck are the frame rails, kind of the foundation. Everything has to get attached to the frame itself. So the first station where the, these frame rails should start coming together um, the guy whose job it is to do that is scrolling through Facebook and the line goes right by him and he never puts mm. the frame rails down. That's like trying to eat in a sympathetic state with, with our digestive system shut down. So it goes to the next station, which would be our mouth and digestion, and maybe they're supposed to put some axles on, um, but they're playing Donkey Kong. Um, so no axles. Well, you can see what's going to happen here. If we miss the first step, we're screwed. Forget, even if everybody down the rest of the assembly line is perfect and knows exactly what to do, it doesn't matter. We're not going to have a truck. So every step is critically important, and if we miss the first one, the rest of them might attempt to do their job, but it's just not going to work. And that's how digestion works. If we're not in that parasympathetic state, step one, if we miss that, or if we don't get it right, then the next step of the process doesn't get the signals it needs or the, the products it needs to do its job. So we have to always think north to south, every step has to happen or the next one will be screwed up. And once we break that chain, then proper digestion will not happen. Now, knowing this, before we even think about the rest of digestion, is it any wonder we're as sick as we are? Mm. No. Mm-mm. We've made fast, you know, be the thing and to keep going and eat it or dust and eat in the truck. So yeah. I'm glad you're yeah, talking so, about this. Yeah, so get in the right state. The next step in the process, if, if we've put ourselves in a parasympathetic state, we've thought about food and, and that signal that we thought about food was we're thankful for it. We're mindful of it. We're thinking about eating. That alone starts secreting chemicals in your body to prepare your body for di- digestion, just that thought of food. Now, when we put the food in our mouth, and I am so bad at this, um, we have to chew. We have to chew a lot. We have to chew slowly and completely and take smaller bites. And I, I, I will be the first to admit I struggle with this every single day. I struggle with it every meal. I forget. I, I am working on habits to get better at this. When we chew our food, um, one, we are mechanically breaking down the food. By, it's like putting it in a blender. If you don't want to learn how to chew properly, then start blending all your food because it will help a lot. But I don't think we want to eat blended food. So that's what our mouth is designed to do. Plus, it's releasing chemicals, saliva, and, and all kinds of things. Primarily, the job of the chemicals in our mouth are to start breaking down carbohydrates. Now, here's an interesting experiment that I won't do anymore because I won't eat bread. Um, take a piece of bread and chew it 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 and just keep chewing it and it will turn sweet. It is bizarre. 
because we, we know that grains, no matter how complex they are, our body breaks mm. them down into simple sugar. And that can actually happen in your mouth. If you chew a grain, a piece of bread, something like that long enough, you will start to detect sweetness because your body is already breaking it into a simple sugar. Mm. The, the act, the physical act of chewing also sign- signals the stomach. Hey, food's on its way. Get ready. Your stomach starts cranking up production of stomach acid. And stomach acid is pretty amazing stuff. If you understand the pH scale, pH, uh, by the way, I learned this. I never knew it. stands for the power of hydrogen. Isn't that weird? That isn't. I didn't know that either. I had no idea. pH stands for the power of hydrogen. Um, it's a scale of 0 to 14. And it, mm-hmm. what it really tells us that we would understand is how acidic something is. 14 is totally non-acidic. It's very base or alkaline. Zero is the craziest, strongest acid you could ever imagine. And that's a pretty big scale. And here's the other thing. This is kind of wild. When you go from, say, pH of 5 to pH of 6, it's not one point. It is on the scale, but it's actually the power of 10. So if we put this into numbers, um, if, if we say 5 is 50, then 6 is 5,000. Yeah, it's really, Dr. Berg has a, it's, it's something huge, like you said, yeah. it's a small change. Dr. Berg has a great YouTube video out there to help people explain that it's fascinating. Yeah, so it, it's, it's a little bit of pH change is incredibly mm-hmm. uh, powerful in, in what it changes. Now, thinking about that, zero being the most acidic to 14 being the least acidic, our stomach acid, and the lower the number, the more acidic, our stomach acid, if it's healthy, ranges, depending on what we ate, somewhere from about 1.2 to 3. Wow. Some of the most acidic substances in, in, in existence. Like, I I just read this when I was looking up, you know, what that really means. How acidic is it? It will dissolve razor blades. Totally dissolve them. There would be, yeah, you could put a bunch of razor blades in your stomach acid and they will be gone. Nothing left of them. That's how strong our stomach acid is. Now, to, to, to believe all of the commercials and the doctors and the drug companies that we have too much stomach acid, Mm-hmm. It, it, it's almost impossible. There's one, there's one condition or disease or symptom or syndrome or whatever you want to call it that does create too much stomach acid. Um, it is called, uh, oh boy, it's one of those crazy names, but uh, it'll come to me here in a second. It is called, maybe it's not going to come to me. I don't have to look it up. <laughs> Let me see. Where did I Google Zollinger <laughs> Zollinger Ellison syndrome? Wow. Very, very rare. That is a, a syndrome. It's a tumor that, that causes too much stomach acid. 
So all these people who have acid reflux disease, GERD, heartburn that, that have been told they have too much stomach acid, they need proton pump inhibitors and acids, absolutely 100% false. In fact, here's something really interesting. If you had that symptom, syndrome and your body produced too much stomach acid, you don't get any of those things. You don't get acid reflux disease. You don't get heartburn. What you end up getting are peptic ulcers because the acid travels too far down in your digestive system and possibly really bad diarrhea because there's too much acid dissolving all the food. But you don't get heartburn because if our body's working right and we have good stomach acid, even too much of it, it closes that flap at the top of your stomach and that acid can't get back up your esophagus. So all of the symptoms we associate with too much stomach acid are the exact opposite. It's not enough stomach acid or our stomach acid is too weak. The pH is too high. And when that happens, there's no signal for that valve to close. Now, your, your stomach acid should be somewhere between 1.2 and 3. Let's say yours is about 4, which isn't good enough, that valve. But 4 is still pretty damn acidic. You don't want that stomach acid coming back up into your esophagus because it's not designed to handle that. That's what creates the burn. That's what creates the damage in your esophagus because even if your stomach acid is weak, if it gets up into your esophagus, it's going to cause problems. We need to get it strong enough and we need enough quantity so that valve closes and our stomach can do its job. That's not the worst of it, though. The worst of it isn't the heartburn and the symptoms. Here's the worst of it. Without that stomach acid being strong and plentiful, two really bad things are going to happen. We can't digest our food because that's what the acid's for. And that acid is the first line of defense against bad bacteria, germs, all kinds of invaders. That acid is there, kills them all. If it's not strong enough, it won't do that. So I've got to get to a break. We're going to come back, and I'm going to have to do the speed round here to get through the rest <laughs> of digestion in our final segment. So stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Robinson. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rothbard. We're going to jump right back to it here. So, Kim, two really important things to realize here about stomach acid, and I just covered them, but I want to make sure we understand these. One, it's, it's that next step in the process we have to have to break down food. It, its primary job in the stomach is to break down proteins. So if you eat a, a meal heavy in proteins and you don't feel good, 
afterwards. It feels like it takes a long time to digest, like you've got a lead ball in your stomach. That is a really good clue that you have poor stomach acid, and almost everybody does. This is something we almost all have to address. What we'll probably do is another episode on how to address the things that can really go wrong in digestion and how to address them, because I'm going to have to kind of move along to get through the rest of the process. Mm -hmm. So first, we have to get those nutrients. Um, If you don't, this is what's going to to create havoc in health. Um, The next one is, is we need to keep the bad stuff out. And when you read cases of, of food poisoning and people die from this, there is a very good chance that had they had the proper stomach acid, they wouldn't have even had a symptom because stomach acid can kill all these things. That, that's part of its job. You know, our bodies are really amazing things when they work right. When they don't work right, all hell breaks loose. So we wonder why we see more and more cases of foodborne illnesses, um, people dying. You know, we hear all the stories about restaurants or lettuce. or I mean, you can get a foodborne illness from any food. And they always talk about people with weakened immune systems are the ones at the highest risk. Babies, because they don't have a good immune system yet. That immune system's in your gut. So is the protective system that would stop these parasites and and bad bacteria from getting through in the first place. Nobody ever tells us that, though. You know, we we don't ever hear that part of the story. The other thing that has to happen, if the pH is correct, it signals the next step in the process. If it's not correct, kind of like that assembly line again. If I don't say, you know, ring the bell and say, hey, the axle's on the trucks on the way through, then the guy who needs to put the hubs on doesn't know it's even coming and he's not ready. It's exactly what happens here. If that pH isn't right, it's too high, um, the next step in the process never gets signaled to do its job. And the next step in the process, I'm going to skip some little details here that aren't that important, is um, the liver and gallbladder, which release bile. Um, and some other enzymes. The pancreas jumps in here as well and releases pancreatic enzymes. And this is where we're starting to break down the other components of the food. The, um, the bile being released is to digest fats. And we now know how critically important fat is to our diet, right? Right, right. Lots and lots of good Mm -hmm. fats, fats, saturated fats, all of the good fats, critically important to every aspect of our health. We have to eat them. We also have to be able to digest them. And that's the job of the liver producing the bile and the gallbladder being the metering valve that says, okay, look, boy, that that was a giant cup of bulletproof coffee um, with coconut oil chocolate and butter that's a lot of fat so here's a big shot of bile salts to match the amount of fat you ate on the other hand if you ate something very low fat um, it would be signaled but it would know that there's not a lot of fat going on here we're just going to put a little bit of bile in when it works it works perfectly when it doesn't work we now get fats that don't get digested and they create havoc in the rest of the digestive system. 
So for our medical community that has been taking out gallbladders as though they're spare parts um, and not telling people, not explaining this, it wreaks havoc. People with removed gallbladders have all kinds of health issues the rest of their life because even if they eat fat, they're not going to get the nutrients they need from it. So it, it can be fixed. We're going to address that when we do the, the next segment about all the things that can go wrong in the digestive system and how to fix it. So let's move on. After we've digested the carbohydrates, the proteins, and the fats, we've talked about how all those start to get digested. Now the food enters into the small intestine. The small intestine's job is to all the nutrients from the food the vitamins, the minerals, all the things we need out of that food. This is where it happens. Everything north of that has prepared the body and the food to make that happen. Most of us now have damaged small intestines. We talk about leaky gut. There's another thing. Um, we have these little hair-like things in our small intestine called villi. Um, their job is to, to extract those nutrients. But the more of those villi you have uh, and the healthier they are, the more surface area it creates to extract more and more nutrition out of the food the way it should be. A lot of things that we do in our diet and our lifestyle damage those villi. So now, even if everything worked good till this point, if you have damaged villi, you're not going to extract the nutrients. Most of us, though, nothing's even happened right down to this point. So here's what we end up with in our small intestine. We end up, and this is gross. I hate every time I have to say this. <laughs> but it, 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 we have proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. That, that's what makes up all of our food. Proteins, if they aren't digested properly, while they're sitting in our very hot stomach, Imagine raw meat sitting out in the 100-degree sun. Um, proteins putrefy. Uh, carbohydrates ferment and cause lots and lots of gas. That's what happens in fermentation. And fats rancidify. That's what happens to the food if we don't digest it properly. And all of that ends up in our small intestine where we're supposed to be getting nutrition and instead we get all of these symptoms. Now, doesn't that all start to make sense, why we feel like that when we eat? It really does. So that's what's going to go wrong in the small intestine. Now, once the food gets to the large intestine, most of the nutrients have been extracted, but not all. There are still some things that go on in the large intestine. The large intestine is where all the bacteria live. In, and just to remind everybody, we have one trillion cells in our body, but we have 10 trillion bacteria. You have 10 times more bacteria in and on your body than you have cells. Most of those, the vast majority of them are in your large intestine and your colon. They're in your digestive system. They have a bazillion jobs to do. They're not just sitting down there eating and partying they have major important jobs to do. They are the immune system. The vast majority of your immune system is in your gut. They are responsible for creating all the neurotransmitters in your brain we hear about. 
um, all the good ones, the serotonin and the dopamine, the things that make us feel happy, the things that give us drive, the things that help us sleep and help us wake up. And we could go on and on and on. Our body is a giant chemical factory. That's how we run. And so many of those chemicals are produced by the, the good gut bacteria that we have. That's their job. So now we know that bad gut bacteria causes depression and anxiety. People honestly have committed suicide because they have bad gut bacteria. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Everything happens right, and we're always eating the right foods properly prepared and eating in the right state of mind, and we have good stomach acid, and we have a gallbladder that works properly. And if all those things happen, then we get this good gut bacteria, and you would not believe how happy you can be for no apparent reason. It is the single biggest thing that I think I took away from the ketogenic diet and, and taking care of my digestive system. And I still have a few things to fix. But I, I literally can sit around now and think, what the hell am I so happy about? Um, <laughs> I, I've got it good. I have a lot of things to be happy about. But prior to this, there were times where I sat around and felt like hell, uh, emotionally yeah. and physically. And it's amazing now how happy you can feel for no apparent mm-hmm. reason. And the reason is, that good gut bacteria, if you foster it, is creating all the chemicals that make you feel that way. You don't need drugs. Our body produces them all. It's kind of amazing. Um, there are some other things that happen down there in, in that, those final couple steps. Nothing too big we have to worry about, um, but there's a, a lot going on down there. And then elimination of all the stuff we don't need. So I think we made it. Um, we traveled from... <laughs> the Arctic to Antarctica, north to south. Um, And I think next episode we'll talk about all the things that can go wrong in the process and how we fix them. So, Kim, thanks as always, um, and we'll see everybody next time. Any final words? No, I just uh, wish everybody's here and take the time to do this for yourself. Fantastic. We'll see you back here next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work. And that's for the journey. I'm Kevin All right, everybody. So when I said next show, we'd talk about digestion. That's next week. So in the second hour that we're about to record, we're just going to go straight into questions. We might do a little bit of a recap right at the beginning, but we're going to go straight into questions. Let me take a look and see. Um, So we've got a lot of questions on hold. Um, We haven't screened them all yet, so I'm not sure if they're all health-related, but we're going to go ahead and get started on those. So here we go. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. 
The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We take your calls and answer your questions about everything trucking, including health and fitness on the road. And that brings us to tonight, which is Destination Health. Joining me is my co-host, Kim Cockerham. And this is where we take your calls and answer your questions about everything related to your health and fitness and specifically how to do it on the road. So, Kim, welcome back. Glad to be here, Kevin. Well, it seems like we're settling into a pattern Mm -hmm. here. A couple weeks ago, we started a a series on the entire NTP process, the nutritional therapy process, which is the program that I'm going through. And it looks like that when we have a topic, I always say we might get to some questions, but we don't get to any questions. It's you and I talking and covering this stuff. And then the next show, we do questions and answers. So I think we've kind of set up that pattern. In fact, the last Mm -hmm. one, part three didn't even get to everything I wanted to talk about, so we're probably going to have to do part 3.5 on digestion. But it's such an important topic. Mm -hmm. In fact, when when you think about the questions you and I get here, many of them deal with digestion, right? Mm -hmm. It does. And, again, it's just one of those things that we take for granted, so I'm glad you're taking two shows to go through it because it just shows the importance of it. Yeah, things we don't even necessarily think of as a digestive problem. We've just come to know them as symptoms and uh, everything from acid reflux or heartburn, um, gallbladder issues. I mean, you know, as much as I thought I knew about health, prior to all this, I really Mm. didn't know what the hell the gallbladder was for. Yeah, I didn't. I just knew it. Yeah, that was one of the things when somebody said they were having their gallbladder out. That's when I would think of it. Yeah. Right. That's the only time I would think of it. And I thought, well, if they're taking it out, we must not need it, right? Must <laughs> right. just be spare right. parts. Yeah, it's not a spare part. We should not be removing them. It should be the absolute last. And then here's what's worse. When they do take it out, you talk to somebody who's had their gallbladder removed, and they don't know what it was supposed to do. And nobody ever tells them what they need to do to fix it. So, In our next show, we're not going to spend any time on it this time because we have lots of questions. We've explained how digestion works, and it's this really long, complicated process from top to bottom. Um, In the next show, we're going to continue on digestion, but we're going to talk about all the things that can go wrong and how to fix it. So I'm looking forward to that. But um, we've got uh, questions. Anything you want to cover, or should we just get right to them? No, let's just get right to them, and uh, we'll get chatting. Let's do that. So we're going to bring on Herschel from Ohio, and Herschel's been with us many times on the show, and the reason I want to bring him on now is because Herschel has done the hard work, and he's going through the NTP process, the exact thing we're talking about. So it's a, a great example. So, Herschel, welcome back. Uh Herschel? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, Herschel fell asleep. I thought it you know, I'm going to put him back on hold. We'll have uh, Bridget yeah. check on him. But in the meantime, we'll get to some questions. Let's go to Indiana. Dan, welcome to the program. Uh, hi, Kevin. Uh, how are you doing today? Doing great. What can we help you with? Well, I don't know, mate. You might want to just handle my question next week. I had put, I had in my mind to ask, 
before I ever realized what today's subject was going to be, but I indeed have my gallbladder out, have for about eight years, and I've heard you make comments about possibly needing supplements forever after that, and I admittedly did not know what it was for when they took it out. Uh, To me, that is almost criminal that it wasn't explained to you and you weren't given the the simple steps you could have been given to keep you healthy. Uh, and I do want to answer it for you this week um, because you're here, you uh, okay. have a question, let, let's address it. Well, to, to start with, when I had mine out, it wasn't, uh, I didn't have stones. They didn't take it out because of that. They actually put some dye in me and did some sort of radioactive photography, motion pictures, the way they described it. And mine was just flat dead. It was doing nothing. Uh, so they went ahead and took it out. Uh, and so let me a couple of months ago. Let, let me jump in there and then we'll come back. Because that doesn't mean, I'll tell you, well, let me ask you some questions first. Have you ever diet. been on a very low-fat diet? Well, um, I wouldn't call it a diet. Yeah, my family shopped for the lowest fat meat, and we did, you know, we didn't, I I was never set by a doctor on a low-fat diet or anything like that, but up until uh, we started hearing about things that, I mean, you're not the first time we've heard about fats, and we've kind of gone back and forth. Um, My family was really really high, but I'm the only one in the family that said it, that stopped all that, Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I guess you would have to say my diet yeah. uh, did include a lot of low fat for a while there. Yes, well, for a long it, while there. That's that's what we've all been told. That's what the products are. Everything was low fat, and and here's exactly what happens. I'll go back to the truck analogy. If we go park the truck out in the field and we don't use the batteries, what happens to them? Now they go dead like they one die. of my motorcycles sitting in the storage. <laughs> exactly. Almost everything, you know, the phrase use it or lose it. If we don't use it, it stops functioning. But it doesn't mean your gallbladder couldn't have been revived, kind of like recharging a battery. So I still want people to understand that no matter what the medical community is telling you, I want you to get a second opinion from medically trained people. I'm not saying to go to a witch doctor. I want you to get a second opinion from medically trained people to know if there is any other alternative to this. Now, I don't want to get too deep into that because that's not the case with you, um, as it isn't with most people. We, we have been taught all our life, listen to doctors, they know what they're doing, and I want people to start questioning doctors now. I want people to take responsibility, so that's why I wanted to kind of touch on that. Um, go ahead and tell me where we are with yours now. Yeah, Roger, mine's gone. Uh, here a couple of months ago, I started in on the ketogenic diet, and I'm doing pretty darn good with it, keeping it down to 20 to 30 uh, carbs. I went cold turkey and did indeed deal with the, the keto flu for a little bit, but once I got over it, I'm doing pretty good, down 20 to 20 to 30 carbs a day. When I go home, it jumps up just a little bit, but not. I, I don't go a flip-flop or anything like that when I go home. Um, and I, I suffer with IBS and I suffer with acid reflux and it, the ketogenic diet alone doesn't seem to be solving that. And everything I've heard you describe about how I'm probably not, I'm probably not dissolving the fats properly. You know. Yep. <laughs> I, now, I'm wondering what I can do ex- to fix that. Yeah, as you listen to that whole explanation of the digestive system, did something start to make sense? 
Oh, yeah, hugely. I, I wish I'd have learned all this, you know, before I let the doctor take it out. Yeah, So, but the good news is we can still fix this. And I, I don't want people without their gallbladder to panic because this is actually one of the easy fixes. It does mean you will take supplements the rest of your life. But the good news is the supplements are like really, really safe, natural substances. We're not talking about taking a drug the rest of your life. We're talk of, talking about supplementing with some foods and some nutritional supplements, but nothing that causes any kind of side effects or anything else. So it, it's really good news. Once you learn this, you're going to be amazed. If the ketogenic diet is helping you now, wait till you fix this problem. It, you, it is going to be another giant step forward for you. We have to, and I want to just jump back real quick. The reason I asked you about the low-fat diet, the low-fat diet that we've been told is the right way to eat for the last 50 years is the single biggest cause of gallbladder issues and gallbladder surgeries, hands down. Nothing else is doing it. It is eating low-fat that causes your gallbladder to stop functioning and causes gallstones. So I just wanted to throw that in. We need to separate. You have two problems going on. One, we well, absolutely. I'm well, right, but we. I've also got. Thing. I've here's also got chronic arthritis and gout. <laughs> now here's here's the beauty of this, and this is why in NTP we call digestion one of the foundations, and we always work on digestion first, because I can guarantee you. When we fix these two digestive issues that we just identified, the first two, then the other digestive issues you talked about, which are further south, will resolve themselves, and so will the arthritis and the gout. Because you have arthritis and gout because you are not getting the nutrients you need out of your food, and we, we know two reasons why, and... You're getting things through your digestive system and into your bloodstream that don't belong there. So we fix digestion, everything else goes away. It is such a beautiful system. I just love it. So uh, hold that thought, and we're going to come back to that right after this, and we're going to talk about how to fix Dan. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Roth. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. Hey, Kim, before we get back to Dan real quick, I I just love the beauty of this. You know, I I could go on and on and on and make this really complicated, and and it is. It's an amazingly complicated process, but we can also make it very simple. Mm -hmm. If we do the right stuff in food 
and digestion, everything else fixes itself. Isn't that amazing? It really, really is, and that should be empowering. I hope to you, Dan. Yeah, it, it, it is such a, such a beautiful process that once we learn the, the easy stuff, getting the food right, getting our digestion right, then all these other things um, that you're going through right now, Deanne, I, I promise they're going to resolve themselves. We see it over and over. So before we get to the two digestive issues that you've identified, um, the heartburn, which we know what causes that, and um, we now know that you're not digesting your fats and we know why, uh, I have a question for you because I know you listen to our digestion special. What was step one in digestion? Relaxing, being thankful, I'm guessing even a little meditation. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And, and, you get an A+. And, I, and I, I, I got to quit. I got to quit eating while I'm driving, for one, um, although I don't get as stressed about traffic as much as some people do, but I do have a habit of eating behind the wheel, and I'm just now learning that that's not a great idea. Um, so, yeah, I want to go that. I want to get on that and chewing better. I'm, I'm like you, terrible with that. Um, the other couple of things that I've been toying around with, because I've been listening to you, uh, between listening to the call, you know, when the call ends, and then also when I miss a show with you, I catch up with it online. Uh, I'm wanting to get into, and have yet to get into it, I'm wanting to get into the fermented vegetables and the beet kvass. Unfortunately, I live way out in the boonies, and (laughs) to the best of my knowledge, there aren't any health food stores anywhere near me, um, except for maybe the Amish stores. I have yet to check them out, Uh, and I'm having a real hard time finding any of it. And I only go home about every three or four weeks at a time, so making it myself isn't really proving to be something that, or at least that's not that I haven't, I haven't done enough research on it yet, but... Okay, so a couple things. You'll find that if you start to do research on making it at home, it's going to sound way more complicated than what it is. Uh, It's really not. But if you don't have time, uh, and we're working on this, I'm working on putting together a whole bunch of resources, and I want to get it in one place to make these things easy for everybody, whether it's ordering online, subscription services, whatever we can come up with. That's something we're working on. Uh, so that's a great step. So you, you nailed it. You got an A+. Being in that parasympathetic, relaxed, grateful state before you ever take the first bite, um, smaller bites and lots of chewing, that, those are absolutely critical. If we skip those, nothing else is going to work or it's not going to work as well. Even, even that is going to go a long way towards solving your heartburn because what happens is you grab something while you're driving, you take a bite, you swallow, and your stomach is not ready. There's no stomach acid there yet, or not enough. The pH is too high. There's not enough of it. None of the chemicals we need are released because, you know, it was a a sneak attack on your stomach. It had no idea food was coming. So just those two steps alone, no drugs, no nothing, will go a long way towards solving the, the heartburn because what happens is now all of a sudden food is going into your stomach, which raises the level of the stomach, brings the stomach acid, even though there's not much in it's weak. When you eat, it brings it up closer to the esophagus. Your stomach acid isn't strong enough, so the valve doesn't close. Now the acid gets up into your stomach. You have a soft or heartburn. Does, does that all make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Like I said, we had heard 
Uh, we had a, it wasn't an NCP, but we had a nutritional somebody guru that came to my my wife and my church uh, several years ago. They gave us some bits of this, and that's kind of why we went back and forth between the high fat and the no fat. Uh, yeah, was because we did discover that the high this was before we removed our gold. She's got hers out too. Uh, and uh, well, the good news is you can you two can do this together. That's wonderful. Yeah, I'm having a heck of a time talking her into it. <laughs> I I know I know so. So a couple things. One, we talked about right state of mind, chewing enough. That will start to solve that problem. But you probably need stomach acid support. And that comes in a couple forms. But the most common, as crazy as this sounds, they make hydrochloric acid in capsules. And you eat it. You just swallow a capsule when you start to eat. And there's a pretty simple way to self-administer this. I would love to see you find an NTP, go through the whole process with them, and they'll more than likely tell you all the things I'm telling you. But you can get a hydrochloric acid supplement. You take one right when you start eating. You wait about five minutes. If you don't really feel any kind of warmth or any little burning in your stomach, you take another one. Keep eating. And you, when you do this, you want to make sure you're eating a pretty substantial meal and it should include protein, fats, and carbohydrates in the same meal. Right. Uh, you take, did, you, did I understand that correctly? You take one, you eat for about five minutes, and then you take another? If you don't feel anything. and I'll, I'll, So we take one right when we start eating, like right at the same time. Swallow it, start eating your food, chewing well, being relaxed, all that stuff. If within okay. five minutes of taking one of them, you're not feeling any real change in your stomach. And the things you're looking for are a little bit of warmth, maybe even a little bit of burning, like you've got some heartburn coming on. If you don't feel that in five minutes, you take another one and you keep eating. And if you don't feel it, then you take another one. You want to get to the point where you feel that burn. You feel a little, and it shouldn't be horribly uncomfortable. You should just feel some warmth in your stomach or a little bit of burn right up by the esophagus. Once you feel that, let's say it took you four capsules to get there, that becomes your dose, either three or four at that point. If you don't want to feel that little bit of discomfort, then cut it back to three, and then you'll just kind of learn how to tailor the amount to the size of the meal you're eating. And eventually, this part of the supplementation will get fixed all on its own, and you won't have to take these the rest of your life. We have to so get your you, so stomach you acid strong enough so that it gets the nutrients so that your body can produce stomach acid better. So then you continue to, I mean, each meal you continue to do it in the five-minute increments. You, don't, you said that your, do, your dosage becomes the three or the four. You don't take them all at once. Actually, ever. you can. Totally up to you. Okay. Yeah. If you want, okay. if you know uh, your dose is three, go ahead. Uh-huh. Well, I was going to ask you one more question on that. My breakfast almost almost every single day consists of two 16-ounce cups of, 16 ounce cups of Bulletproof coffee. Should I take it with that, too? Uh, no. You don't take it with that because there's no real protein in there. There might be a little in the butter, not enough that, I mean, your stomach acid is probably 
sufficient to handle that, that's going to come in the next step. So that's what I mean. We had two different issues here. So we're, we're clear on the stomach acid. And you could, if you know your dose is three, right when you start to eat, you could take all three and then eat your meal, and you'll be amazed at how well things work. Now, the next step is, is that food is released out of the stomach, and this is where the gallbladder comes in. You've heard my explanation. It's like the metering valve. The right. gallbladder is, is saying, okay, there's some fat there. How much is there? How much bile salt do we need? How much bile do we need to release? Well, without the gallbladder, your liver keeps producing bile, but there's no metering valve. So it's being released all day long. That's why you ha- people without gallbladders tend to have a lot of digestive issues because that, that bile is there with nothing to work on. It's in the wrong amounts. It's just kind of a mess. So it's hit and miss. You never know what's going to happen. So the way we fix this, if you don't have a gallbladder, is there are some supplements to take. And you are going to be taking these the rest of your life. Now, I'll give you the most common, and you can play around with these, because there's, again, all the supplements we talk about are pretty safe. Um, if, if I ever recommend one that could possibly have side effects, I'll say it. If I don't say there are side effects, and there probably really aren't. Um, the one possible side effect to getting too many bile salts is diarrhea. So if you're taking bile salts and you always have diarrhea, cut the amount back until you find the amount that helps you digest without having that. So it's pretty simple. It's pretty safe. So bile salts are number one, and you're going to have to kind of play around to match the amount of bile salts to the amount of fat you just ate. And that's just an experimentation process. If you take some and you, you feel things are digesting right, but you've got some diarrhea going on, probably too much. So back off a little bit. Uh, is, bile salt, is bile salt something that I can buy in the, the pharmacy section of my yep. grocery store? Or? Okay. Uh, probably. I mean, they're, they're pretty common. It's an over-the-counter thing. You don't need a prescription for it. Um, I'm going to put together uh, – now, if you work with an NTP – they will actually get you a really high-quality professional grade, but that's not necessarily uh, required. So let me get to a break. We'll come back, and we'll talk more about that part of it. We'll be right back. Kevin Rothman. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. Right now we're talking to Dan, and Dan is just a great example of how we fix some uh, digestive issues. Kim, again, it doesn't it when you when you hear the process, when you hear how our body works, when you hear all, how all these systems are supposed to work, even though it's really complicated, doesn't it all start to click and make sense, all the problems we see? 
Uh, let me, where'd Kim go? Kim? Whoops, I was muted. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See there? Uh, okay. Um, no, yeah, I, I, am, yeah. and I, I, I appreciate you asking because I just think it's so empowering and um, it just gives you back a sense. First of all, I, I get a sense of peace, like, okay. And, but the thing I need to work on is patience to play it yeah. out and let's see. And um, that's what I just encourage everybody to take a big dose of. That's a really good point. We need some patience. Uh, you know, for me, for example, even though I was health conscious all my life, a lot of times I was doing the wrong stuff. Dan's the same way. He said he was health conscious. They did the low fat mm-hmm. thing. We thought we were doing the right thing, and actually we were causing the damage. And I, I, I really think we're in this revolution now mm-hmm. where I even think so. the medical community, even the medical community, you follow many doctors with amazing mm-hmm. credentials. They are finally jumping on board and saying, hey, look, we had this wrong. We've been wrong. Mm-hmm. They are big enough people to admit that the advice they gave their patients for years was wrong. The advice they took Mm -hmm. themselves was wrong. And now they know. I I, I just, I'm so excited because this isn't a fad. This isn't, Mm -hmm. uh, this, this is real science. And and there are so many ways to prove it. And it's exciting to know that, that we can take control of our health, total control of our health. That, that is just exciting. You know, Kevin, um, Dr. Oz, which any Dr. Oz lovers, I'm sorry, I cringe when I hear his name because he always says that was something different. But um, Dr. Hyman is actually like a contributor on the show. Dr. Oz was on the Today Show today um, comparing, and they did, they had different tables. It was um, full fat and low fat. He went full fat all the way down the line. And at the last, he showed, you know, a combination of all that. And he completely went full fat on everything because of the low fat having the sugar. It was the first time I've heard him say that. And it was another one that you're just wow. like, Oh, thank goodness. You know, here's another one doctor yes. coming out and saying that. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's really uh, exciting to see this shift. Finally, this isn't, you know, this underground culture, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times in the last year and a half since I've been doing this, that I mention the word ketogenic around medical people, and and you would swear I just pulled out a gun and pointed it at everybody. Mm-hmm. I, they wow. they go off the deep end, and I remain calm, and I start. I don't even start giving facts. I start asking questions, and it is amazing how they just can't answer the questions. Mm-hmm. They're not trained in this stuff. And then after they realize they can't answer the questions, I start answering them for them and giving them the references. And and I tend to point those people straight to the doctors because Mm -hmm. they'll respect their credentials. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm just some guy who talks on the radio, but I'll give them, check out this doctor and this doctor and this doctor. These people have amazing credentials and they're on board with this. So let's Mm -hmm. get back and finish up helping Dan. So, uh, Dana, a couple things you can play around with supplementation on your missing gallbladder. Uh, bile salt, absolutely necessary to digest the fats. You've got to play around with the amounts, and it's going to change based on how much fat is in each, each meal. Um, but again, no major side effects if you get this wrong. In fact, just really minor stuff. Um, the other one is a, a supplement called Betaine, B-E-T-A-I-N-E. 
again, these are all over-the-counter stuff. If you want the best quality, you want to work with some sort of medical practitioner, whether it's a naturopath, a doctor of Chinese medicine, a chiropractor, an NTP, they all have access to the, like the next level of supplementation. Uh, just means you're probably getting a little more consistency and a little more quality. Uh, but if you find, if you want to experiment with this on your own, and you find supplements somewhere, whether it's your drugstore or online or whatever, and they're working for you, then that may be all you need. I, I, I'm not, I don't want to push anybody to going spending a bunch of money and getting another level if you don't need it. If you can find stuff and it's working for you, then do it. Uh, then the last one is choline. And I think one of the best like, ways to what, get what was at that last it. Bit? Choline, C-H-O-L-I-N-E. Okay. And I think one of the best ways to get choline is through beet products. So add beet what? greens to your beet, B-E-E-T, the food. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I always to like to get into beet Yeah, if there's, if there's some substance, we always shoot to get these substances out of food first. Now, the bile salts, you just can't. So that's why you have to supplement that one. Um, the betaine, same thing. But the choline, which is critical for this, really helpful, we can get that through the beet products. So beet greens in your salad, um, grated raw beets in your salad, roasted beets, just eat them. And I know they're pretty high in carbs, so you want to watch that a little bit. But I think if you don't have a gallbladder... It's a good trade-off. You know, cut out some carbs somewhere else if you have to and you want to stay that low carb. Um, the beet kvass, if it's made right, is pretty low carb anyway. So beet kvass is an amazing food for anybody. But if you don't have a gallbladder, you should be buying this stuff by the case. I drink right now, I drink about eight ounces a day. And I have a gallbladder. But mine isn't working all that well because of years of low fat. Um, so all of those things, I, I think if you address those, the things we talk about with the stomach acid, you address these with the gallbladder, I think every other your, symptom you described to me is going to go away. Well, I really appreciate that. I do have a question for you about the fermentation process. Um, I heard sure. you on, uh, a, it was an episode recently, I don't know, it wasn't the last one, but on an episode recently talking about uh, with, when for, in fermented vegetables, especially with the beets being so high in sugar, that the fermentation process turns the sugars into acid. Does that also counter the, the carbs in it then? Yeah, absolutely. That That's one of the beauties okay. of, you know, yeah, because we want vegetables because they have lots of nutrients. There's no question they have fiber and they have lots of things we want. What we don't really need are the carbs. They're just kind of there. We, we don't need carbs for any function in our body. If our body needs glucose, it knows how to produce its own. So of the three nutrient groups, fats, proteins, and carbohydrates, without fats, we die. Without protein, we die. Without carbohydrates, we feel really good. <laughs> so we don't have to have them. Yeah, exactly. But we, there are some foods that we would like to get the nutrition out of, and the carbs just come along with them. That's okay. But if there's a way, and fermentation is one of the ways, 
if there's a way to release even more nutrients out of the, the food, which fermentation does, create healthy bacteria, probiotics, which fermentation does, and get rid of the carbs, my God, no wonder why every culture in the world has always eaten fermented foods. Yeah, yeah. Now, like I said, I'm have, as far as over-the-counter purchasing of fermented foods, I'm having a heck of a time, of course, I'm shopping at Walmart and Kroger, but uh, I'm having a heck of a time finding them. So I'm looking to either let, let me figure give out you, how to make them myself. Or... Let me give you one online source um, just because they're near me. I've tried all of their products, and I absolutely love them. I, I, they're beat kvass. I, like, crave that stuff now. Um, it's a company called Oregon Brine Works. And I, I'm pretty sure the website is OregonBrineWorks.com. All right. Yeah, I can check that out. Yeah, check them out. You you may. I haven't looked to see if you can order online yet, but that that would be an alternative for you. Um, let's go to Ohio and see if we have Herschel back now. Herschel, you there? I am here, Kevin. Can you hear me? I can. Have you been listening? Oh. I've been listening for some reason. My cheap my cheap headset decided that it didn't want to broadcast to you. I could hear you just fine. <laughs> oh, I told everybody you fell asleep. <laughs> well, I know. I heard Kim. You don't have time to be messing around watching the Today Show. <laughs> I know. This was my rest. It's funny you say that, Herschel. This was my rest day. This was my rest day, so I did get to enjoy it. <laughs> Hey guys, there's the music Here's what we're going to do Herschel, now that we know you're there And you're not sleeping um, We're going to come back and kind of wrap up the show with you Because you've done the hard work And you're going through this NTP process Which is exactly what the the whole series we're doing is all about So uh, we're going to get through this break We're going to come right back And we're going to talk to you about that So stick around We'll be right back I'm Kevin Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim Cockerham is here with me. And uh, Kim, we're going to get back to Herschel here in a second, but I think I'm starting to notice a pattern, uh, not just when we do the, the series and we don't get to any calls at all, but on Destination Health, we get to a lot fewer calls in an hour than I do with trucks. Mm-hmm. You know, with trucks, the questions are pretty quick. Um, I, a lot of times I don't need a lot of background. I don't have to do a lot of explaining, but I, I am noticing that, um, and this isn't a bad thing. I kind of like, I, I just want the, the listeners to understand, you know, we have a lot of people on hold. We don't get to their calls and I'll work on some ways to make that better. But 
I don't want to rush people on this. This I, I can't think of anything more important than our health. And we've been told the wrong things for so long that I really feel the responsibility to help people understand, not just answer their question, not just say, do this, do this, do this. That's what the medical community did to us. They didn't explain anything to us. We went in, they said, I'm a doctor. Here's what you should do. Just do it. And, and I don't want to do that to people. I, I want to help people understand how we got to where we are, why it happened, what we can do to fix it, what to expect along the way. And, and that's just going to take more time. Yeah, and I'm glad you are taking the time. And um, I think we're all absolutely learning from this. And uh, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to point that out because I realized, you know, yeah. we've gotten to like, what, one or two questions again yeah. this whole hour. But it, it was it, it was one question, you know, Dan's issue was so common that so many people will learn from that if they just you know take what they heard there and and again you know you and i were talking the other day and and we we kind of use the term biohacking which i just love mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it it it's kind of like being your own mad scientist on your body and i don't want people to be afraid of that i don't want you running off listening to every quack on the planet but listen to some things, see if there's consistency, see if you can find supporting evidence for it, and then try things. We are individuals. You know, if I look at a, a Freightliner truck, for the most part, it's just a Freightliner truck. I mean, it, it might have a different engine or transmission, but a CAT engine is a CAT engine. For the most part, everything we do to that engine, we could do it to 100 engines, and they respond the same way. But with people, take 100 yeah. people and do the same thing, and they might all respond differently. Mm-hmm. That's something we have to understand, and that's why I want to empower people. Don't be afraid to try some things. Do a little research. Make sure what you're trying isn't dangerous. Um, I'll try to be very clear on this show. If I'm saying, hey, try this, if there are some dangers or some side effects or some unpleasant things that might happen, that's where I'm going to take more time. I'm going to say, hey, look, um, if you take too many bile salts, it's not going to do any damage. You're not in any danger. Um, you may have a case of disaster pants. And, and if you do, you know, at least you knew it was coming. You knew why it happened and you know what to do to fix it. So, but I want to encourage people to, to get involved, actively involved in this process. Don't just listen to what I say. Do a little more reading, experiment with things, and and see what happens. Good. Good advice. So let's go back to Herschel. Herschel, are you awake? (laughs) I am awake. I'm trying to keep this thing on the road. Man, it's windy today. (laughs) Boy, is it ever. Careful. Yeah. Same here. Uh, so, Herschel, we brought you on because you are doing the hard work. You're, you're taking control of your own health. You did a lot of things yourself, and then you got down to those last couple little issues, and we were struggling a little bit with them. And I said, look, I think if you go to somebody, go through the NPP process, we're going to overcome those last couple of issues. Now, I want to jump in because I've been following you. And I was a little critical of the NPP you went to. 
I thought they were being a little aggressive on um, cost, maybe a little bit, and a little aggressive mm-hmm. on supplementation. I thought they, she was recommending too many supplements. I, I'm going to back off a little bit. I still think the, the supplements might have been a little uh, much. But now that you've forwarded all the documents and all the work she's done, I, I have to applaud her. She has been very, very thorough. I, how are you feeling about the process right now? Oh, Kevin, I'm telling you, it, I don't even feel like the same guy. When I uh-huh. went to get a DOT physical a few years ago, I was 306. I decided to change it, worked on it on my own. Last year's CNC, I was middle 250s, and I plateaued there, and all the problems got worse and worse and worse. And then between listening to you and knowing now what an NTP is, which I'd never heard of, and if you wouldn't have said it, I would not have known, and going to her now, my belly, I don't feel like the Michelin man anymore. I'm now down, I'm now down to 247. I'm down about seven pounds. And everything is just so much better i told kim in a message back and forth to her that i drew a line in the sand about a month and a half ago i am not being taken advantage of anymore i'm done with that and i really believe that this process is what has changed my mind to do that and i feel so much better Oh, that is wonderful. So, again, I I am going to say that there was a a show where I talked with you after you had your first visit, and I was a little critical of her. But I I will even say I would much rather see her over-recommend the supplements because these aren't things that cause any real problems. I, I was just trying to be a little more conservative, but now that I've seen the way she works, I've seen more of her documentation, I, I'm very impressed. Mm, me too. Me too. Herschel, one thing I love that she did, and, and I just really thank you so much for bringing us along on this journey, is is just what Kevin, you say NTPs do. They are dressing the whole person. She's asking what else is going on in your life, and how do you feel about it, and and um, you know, even down to her, her recommendations for you is that to, you know, um, find a quiet spot to, to clear your mind and, you know, wake up with a positive thoughts and all that kind of stuff just builds together. So I am just, I, I think you found a great person to work with and I applaud you for doing the work. Well, thanks, Kim. But, you know, right at a year ago now when you, started the destination health and it was just you by yourself you said something and i wish i could remember what it was but you said something in one show and you were talking about up in ohio it's pop but in the south it's soda so (laughs) pick your word (laughs) and i thought you know what heck with it i'm done that's been right at one year ago now i drink nothing but coffee and water and i believe that right there done a world of difference and i gotta say it's a weird thing my wife told me i had sleep apnea for years and i didn't listen well i went to a doctor to have a surgery done on my eye for lazy eye and the doc looks at me he says you got sleep apnea i said well how you know that doc he said i can tell by your eyes i went got tested sure enough obstructive sleep apnea full-blown big time 
And right there, I lost 20 years just because I'm not tired anymore. So it's amazing to me how it doesn't mean that anybody is good or bad, but it takes just a phrase from the right person when you're in the right frame of mind to hear it and say, okay, go change it. it. It's amazing to me when you can actually hear what you should have heard from everybody else, but for whatever reason, you just don't. You know, Herschel, yeah. let me let me jump in because that is that is really mm-hmm. excellent. It really is very profound. And and as you were saying it, something clicked for me, and I think it's why our show has been as successful as it is, is because we have the ability to say things over and over and over, day after day after day. And if I can at least make the show interesting enough that people tune in. I think being there saying things, Kim, you have a great way of of putting things in words that impact people, really do, Uh, and that was one example of it. And I think that when we're on the air, and we're on the air a lot, we have more opportunities for for things like that to click. Yeah, I agree. Kevin, did you get to read the MRT report, my blood food sensitivity result. Did you get to read that? I did. I went through all of the paperwork. And again, I was I loved how thorough she was. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the process. She really is addressing everything. Oh, were you, boy. Were you surprised, Churchill? Oh, did we lose him? I can't believe we did it again. The music's oh, playing. Oh. oh, we're out of time. I know. I guess pretty soon Destination Alpha is going to have to expand. We'll have to see. Uh, Herschel, thanks. Fantastic. Kim, as always, thanks. Uh, we lost Herschel Thank anyway. You. I'm not sure what happened now. Um, we'll see you next time. Uh, thanks for joining us. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Good night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to The Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.